Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm Micah. This is Sarah, the lead pastors at the Vine Church in Pasco, Washington. We are so excited to be celebrating Easter this weekend. Happy Easter, and thank you for joining us. You know, it's been a really great week for us, but it's been a really busy one. So we took last week off for spring break. And so this week leading up to Easter, we had a whole lot to do. And I remember there were a few times when I was so busy and I felt so tired and so drained. And yet in those times, I had some pretty amazing life-giving experiences. You want to you hear about these life-giving yes. experiences? Well, uh, there's one afternoon I was here at the church and working and I just felt so tired. So what did I do? What I went and ate cookies. And I thought, <laughs> that will make me feel better. Guess what? Mm-mm. It didn't. It didn't make me feel better. I'm sure you're so surprised. Instead, I went home and, and rested a little bit. And then I went and worked out. And by the end of my workout, I was like, oh, wow, I feel rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a really life-giving experience. And believe it or not, it was better than eating cookies. Good, good. <laughs> the polar opposites. Uh, what do I do with this anxiety? You know, I had um, a number of great experiences this week in Centering Prayer, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, kind of ironic for a number of reasons. Uh, in a very busy week, the last thing you'd think you'd do is spend uh, extended periods of time mm-hmm. sitting in stillness and, and silence, and yet it was life-giving. It, mm-hmm. it, it rejuvenates me, and it, it, it brings me a focus and it, it allows me to engage a day in a different manner. So I had a couple of good experiences with that's, that this week. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, thinking about it, there was another experience in which I got to go sit with a friend for a couple hours at a coffee shop and just talk together. And that was so life-giving and energizing for me. Today is Easter. And so we're going to be talking about new life and specifically our invitation to new life. And that is energizing for me, for sure. We have been given new life. Mm-hmm. Jesus has risen from the dead. So let's start. Uh, let's dig in. Well, let's start with the story, though, the backstory of this man named Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, uh, born to an Israelite family, a pretty ordinary family, but born in a pretty extraordinary way uh, by means of the virgin birth. He grows up and from early in his life, even from birth, people recognize something different. Israel was awaiting their Messiah, their Savior. Could this be him? In his adult life, he began his ministry. He played the role of um, a rabbi in the first century. He invited people to follow him. They did, and they witnessed as he performed miracles, as he's taught, as he as thousands of people rallied to, to see this man, to try to touch his robe, to be healed, as the religious rulers of Israel uh, begin to clash with him and eventually had him crucified. Here a few nights ago, we had a Good Friday service um, as we reflected upon the cross and crucifixion. And now today on Easter, we remember that the story did not end in crucifixion. Yes, so I invite you to listen or join me in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. 
In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, what had happened? I mean, what a breathtaking and astonishing series of events here. The women who were close to Jesus. Um, there are many, his mother and many other female disciples who had followed him as he taught and had watched him um, in the trial and watched him be mistreated and watched his death. They were grieving and they were heartbroken. And in the haste of his burial, his body hadn't been prepared in the normal, usual ways for that time. And so they went to the tomb to finish that process. And in their grief, as they approach, they realize that the stone has been rolled away. The entrance is open. The tomb is open. And they go in and they find the body empty. And The some, tomb the, empty. Sorry, what did I say? The Yes, the tomb. They find the tomb empty. And these angels appear and they say to them, he's not here. He's alive. He's risen. I mean, can you imagine the hope and the astonishment and the surprise of these women who've just had a horrendous weekend and then this is what they experience. And then the angels instruct the women to be the first to declare the good news that the Savior had risen, that Jesus was alive. And so what do they do? They, they do just that. They go back to um, the other disciples, specifically the men, and they tell them what has happened and um you got you got to laugh a little <laughs> yeah. bit when you read the story their words um, sounded like nonsense to the men of which course I, they did right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which we can laugh about and we can make jokes about that um but if i had been there maybe those words would have sounded like nonsense because this is so far mm. outside mm. of the realm of human possibility. Mm. Like it's not humanly possible for this to have occurred, but with God, everything is possible. Jesus has risen. Now, what we want to do with our time today is explore what follows immediately after this account in Scripture. In the four Gospels, we read the account of Jesus' resurrection, the surprise, the shock, and then Jesus begins appearing to his followers. And here's what we want to explore this Easter. Here's what we want to look at. We want to consider, so what did Jesus have to say or what did he invite his followers to? In light of resurrection, what do Jesus' followers get to be a part of? What do we get to 
do? What has resurrection changed mm -hmm. in this world? And what is res resurrection changing in our lives? So we're going to look at three stories of Jesus returning um, or, or appearing to his followers and talking with them and meeting with them. And we're going to explore his invitation uh, to them to believe first, mm -hmm. uh, to join him at the table, and third, to live new life in the kingdom of God. So we start off by looking at the invitation to believe. There's a story um, in, in scripture after Jesus has risen, he begins to appear and he appears to the disciples when Thomas is not there with them. And so he appears to the other disciples and they, they are astonished and they recognize him and they speak to him and then Jesus leaves. And then when Thomas joins the, the, the crew again, they tell him, hey, Thomas, this is this is what happened. Jesus. It is... wasn't nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> but, That's probably what they said. But Thomas responds in that same manner. Oh, yeah. It's... Thomas is has a really hard time believing. In fact, he specifically says to them, I'm, I can't believe until I physically touch the scars on Jesus's hands. And so a week later, okay, John chapter 20, happens. verse 26, a week later, his disciples were at the house again, and Thomas was with them. Um, uh, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I love this story because of Jesus's response to Thomas. Jesus meets Thomas right where he's at, right in the middle of his doubt. And, and instead of rebuking Thomas, he holds out his hands and says, yes, touch my hands and touch the my side and, and stop doubting, but believe. Jesus responds with an invitation to Thomas. Hey, experience me as the risen savior and believe that it is possible. And as I, as I step back and I think about resurrection, um, I think we're in the same, many of us are in the same spot as Thomas was. Resurrection is hard to believe because it is humanly impossible, but it is not impossible for God. God, who is the creator, God, who is the life giver and, and God invites us. Jesus invites us to experience him as the risen savior and to believe. Mm -hmm. It's in resurrection that even death is defeated. Uh, there is nothing that holds God back. And in Jesus' resurrection, mm -hmm. we see the great power and love of God. It is the crux of Christianity, this belief in a risen Savior. Okay, so he, he comes and appears to Thomas, who's doubting, uh, and he says, believe. First invitation, believe. And each of us is on this journey towards belief mm -hmm. as well. Each of us in a different place on that journey. I love Jesus' words to Thomas as he says, blessed are those that have not seen and yet 
believed. And so the first invitation for us as followers of Jesus now 2,000 years later, or for us who are exploring who is this Jesus, the first invitation is to believe. Will we put our faith in Jesus? We believe that he rose from the dead. We believe that this changes everything in this world and in our lives. And though we can't, like Thomas, physically touch the scars on Jesus' hands inside, we can experience mm-hmm. Jesus through relationship with him. And that is powerful in, in our journey towards mm-hmm. belief is that, yes, Jesus is alive and we can experience relationship with him. Yeah. Second story and invitation along those lines, we can mm-hmm. experience Jesus and we do it most effectively. It happens most effectively in community. Mm-hmm. That is, we experience a risen Savior in the context of Christian community. As we come together and we pray together and we sing songs together and we study scripture together and we live life Mm -hmm. together, we experience a risen Savior. So the second invitation that we want to look at today is um, that of an invitation to the table. Now, many of the uh, most profound and amazing moments in Jesus' ministry and the gospel accounts happen around a table. They happen while Jesus and the disciples or people are sitting and eating a meal together. Table fellowship is central to the gospel, the good news, to the way Jesus operated in the world, and the way that we are invited to operate in this world. So we're going to look here at a story in John chapter 21 where Jesus appears to his disciples. Uh, They've been out fishing, and they haven't caught anything. It's reminiscent of when he first calls his disciples, Mm -hmm. come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. In this story, though, in John 21, um, uh, they, they haven't caught anything. Jesus on the shore, they don't know who he is. Maybe they're far too far away to see exactly who he is. And he says, well, cast on the other side. And they catch all these fish. And in this moment, they realize that's Jesus on the shore. My risen Savior, my my rabbi, my Messiah, he is standing on the shore. And there's this uh, moment where Peter, he pulls off his outer garment and he dives into the water. It's like this boat can't get me there fast enough. We're being held back by the fish. He dives in the water and he swims to meet Jesus on the shore. And this is what happens there on the shore. John chapter 21, starting in verse 10, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. I think this is a beautiful image of life with a risen Savior, an invitation to the table, an invitation to share in a meal together. And I recognize the irony. We use a lot of the language of table fellowship Mm -hmm. and time at a table. And so I'm describing this scene as that, of course, it wasn't around a table. So at the beach. They're at the beach, yeah. Uh, but I'll still use the language of table fellowship. Jesus invites us to the table. He invites us to a meal. And, and this is a beautiful invitation for us as well. Um, in, in fact, uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. we took communion in the Good Friday service as we remembered his body broken and his blood poured out. And... Um, uh, we frequently come together and, and and share in communion as one of those mm-hmm. table fellowship. But further than that, table fellowship happens in our homes. And as a church, we put a priority on table fellowship as a way that we gather. So uh, twice a year, currently in our rhythms, we come together and 
our worship service is a shared meal. We have mm-hmm. conversations around tables in our auditorium on a Sunday morning. We do, we're doing brunch, in fact, mm-hmm. this next Sunday, and you'd be invited if you're seeing this before it happens. Week after Easter, we're going to live out this new life in community, sharing a meal together, as was so central to Jesus in his ministry. So we're invited to believe, mm-hmm. and we're invited into community specifically at the table. So the third invitation that we see after Jesus's resurrection is that we are invited to new life in the kingdom of God. Well, so what does this, we've, we've used this term multiple times now, this idea of new life. What does that mean specifically? Well, um, today we're going to talk about how that means that we receive the Holy Spirit and we're transformed to be more like Jesus. And then in turn, we are witnesses of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. If we go back in scripture and we look at the very last thing that is recorded that Jesus said to his disciples, mm-hmm. the very last thing is found in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus says to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is what this new life after my resurrection is going to look like, is what Jesus says, that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and that you're going to be my witnesses, that you're going to live as witnesses. So what is this Holy Spirit that that Jesus is referring to. It's God's presence in us mm-hmm. and around us and with us. The Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm leaving and the Holy Spirit will be with you. And this Holy Spirit is powerful. Notice he uses, he uses that word, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and I love how Jesus uses the word power because what does the power of God do? It heals mm-hmm. and restores and brings about new life. So that word power is not like we would use power often mm-hmm. today in today's language. So the Holy Spirit, the presence of God will come upon you and it will be powerful to heal and to transform and to renew and you will have new life. Yeah, new life found in the Holy Spirit. You know, I think there's a beautiful kind of play on words in the original language. We translate this word to spirit, but the word used in the Greek and Hebrew can also mean breath mm-hmm. or wind. Uh, so spirit is breath. And I think of like that first cry of a baby, right? As they're <laughs> born, right? And that first breath, right? Yeah. And, and, and then in the end of our lives, that final breath, like breath is everything. And this idea mm-hmm. found in scripture, as Sarah's reading here, the promise of Jesus is that the spirit will be mm-hmm. our breath, our everything will give us mm-hmm. life. And in Jesus, who rose from the dead, we are invited to new life, life in the spirit. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.17 describes it in, in this way. If anyone's in Christ, they're, they are a new creation. The new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Um, and, and so we remember today, Jesus rose from the dead, 
And uh, we, as we put our faith in Jesus, as the Holy Spirit breathes new life into us, we are invited to be new creations. Not that we would go on just as we always have. Resurrection changes everything in this world and in our lives. We're invited to new life. And one of the amazingly beautiful things about this good news is that it's not just for us. Mm -hmm. That we are to be witnesses of of the risen Savior, of this new life that we have in Jesus to everyone. We're to be witnesses that that tell people through our words and our life and, and everything that we do and are that the resurrection really did happen, that Jesus mm-hmm. really is God and, and that he is our Messiah and that he is our Savior. And through him, there is hope and there is new life and, and there is this this new purpose that we get to be a part of, that we get to be participants in the kingdom of God, that we get to live into Jesus's kingdom, which looks very different than the kingdoms of this world. It is a kingdom of love and service is a kingdom of hope and healing. And not only do we get to be a part of it, but we get to be witnesses of it. We get to share it with others mm-hmm. because God is not limited. Right. <laughs> this God is not limited. Everyone can participate in this good news. And that's one of the beautiful things about resurrection. Uh, transition takes place in that. Jesus born into the Israelite nation, a fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, uh, you know, that, that the Israelites would be a blessing to all the world. But here Israel's desperate for their Messiah for their Savior as Jesus is born into the world. And in resurrection, as death is defeated, it is not limited to one nation, Mm -hmm. but open to all humanity, including us 2,000 years later, halfway across the world from where it all took place. Mm -hmm. So every Easter we come together to remember Jesus rose from the dead. There is new life and new hope found in him. And this week we chose to hone in on... so. As he as he raises from the dead and he begins appearing to his apostles for some forty days, he's appearing to to his closest followers. What is it that he says? Like, what does he invite them to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he invites them to first of all believe. I am alive. I have risen from the dead. Secondly, he invites them to the table, both with him and in community, that they would share life and meals together. And third, he invites them to live new lives in the kingdom of God, to receive the Holy Spirit, to experience transformation, and then to participate in his kingdom as witnesses of his resurrection and the new hope that is found in this world. And this is life-changing. This is this is life changing in the lives of the disciples and in the lives of us today that we also are invited to those things, that we also are invited to believe in the resurrection and to say yes to Jesus as our Savior and as our Lord. We are invited to say yes to community, to, to Christian community um, in the church and Christian community in our homes, to live in community, that God's table is not limited, that we are invited to sit at God's table as his beloved mm. children mm-hmm. and we are invited to live into this new life of hope and healing mm. through Jesus.
So what does this mean in your life, in my life? We all find ourselves in a different place in our faith journey. Some of us quite new to it. And if you're new to faith and you're listening to this and wondering, so what is my next step? Well, the the next step would be, uh, are, are you ready to put your faith in mm-hmm. Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you believe that he has risen from the dead and there's new life and new hope found in the kingdom of God? If you do, one of the ways that we live out um, this uh, next step and this transformation in life is through baptism. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about baptism as a church, and uh, we're going to be holding a, a baptism ceremony mm-hmm. where people uh, that, that have given their life mm-hmm. to Jesus that have found new hope and new life in him um, are baptized, uh, dipped under water. And it's symbolic as we're raised then to new life up out of the water, uh, just as Jesus was buried and raised to new life. We are buried under the waters of baptism and rise again into new life. It's this beautiful symbolism of what God has done in our lives. So if you are ready to put your faith in Jesus and if you would like to be baptized, please reach out because uh, we're going to be moving towards that for a number of people here in the weeks to come. And then uh, if you're new to faith and and ready to take those next steps, uh, let me just say it happens most effectively in community. We are designed as followers of Jesus to walk together. That is the purpose of the church. So we invite you, spend time at a table with us. Mm-hmm. Let's share meals and let's grow in our faith together. And for those of us that have been uh, followers of Jesus for a long, long time, and for those that are new to faith, uh, we are invited to this. We're invited to live new life. We're invited not just to receive new life from God, but to live new life, to live in new ways, fueled by the Holy Spirit, to live in remarkable, hopeful new ways in the world in which we live. Let's pray about that. Dear God, we thank you for this incredible invitation to know you and to be known. And so, Lord, as we look at your resurrection, as we think about um, this new life that we are invited to through Jesus, we say thank you. Help us, Lord, to overcome our unbelief and to believe in you as our risen Savior. Lord, help us to to enter into community. And as the church, Lord, I pray that you would continue to teach us how to be a loving community one that is welcoming and one that is demonstrating your love to each other. And Lord, I just ask that for all of us listening, for all of us participating today, we're all in different places on our journey of faith. And so Lord, for wherever we're at, I just ask that you through the Holy Spirit will continue to give us new life and continue to create and recreate us to be more and more like Jesus. We thank you so much for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for celebrating resurrection with us today. We pray that you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.